What's up, Cowboys Nation, and welcome to Inside the Cowboys. This is episode nine. My name is John Williams. You can find me on Twitter at John9Williams, and you can find my work on InsideTheStar.com. And today we're going to be talking about the preseason game, Dallas Cowboys versus the Los Angeles Rams from Saturday night. And I think it was a really, really nice uh, performance by a lot of players, uh, in particular the first team offense. They really showed a lot. You know, Dak Prescott on the opening drive, he was five of five for uh, 64 yards. Um, he had the big pass play to Michael Gallup. Um, it was a really, really good, good, strong performance by um, the Cowboys in that on that opening drive. You know, they started off kind of at their own three-yard line. They were able to pick up a first down, and then after a sack, kind of were backed up again to the three and had to drive the length of the field. But um, it was a really, really strong performance. You know, Dak Prescott was decisive. Uh, he made quick decisions, made quick reads. He had, you know, good ball placement. Um, you know, that Michael Gallup throw, a lot of people were going to complain and say he should have led Michael Gallup a little bit more. But at the time that Dak Prescott threw the ball, Connor Livesay from Blogging the Boys mentioned, and he actually showed the, the picture of this. So if you don't follow Connor on Twitter, go follow him at Connor NFL Draft. He showed a picture of at the release point, Michael Gallup was still pretty well covered. And so Dak Prescott at that point, he's not trying to lead Michael Gallup. He's trying to throw the ball in such a way that Michael Gallup has a chance to make a play. And so, yeah, you can you can complain about the ball being underthrown and Michael Gallup having to come back to the to the ball. But at that point in time, there wasn't really anything else to do. You know, you look at the coverage kind of over the middle where a lot of the routes were going, and Dak Prescott didn't really have anything else to do except throw the ball up, hope Michael Gallup can make a play. And in 2018, we kind of complained a lot about Dak overthrowing Michael Gallup on a lot of plays, um, maybe not necessarily giving him as many opportunities to make a play on a ball. And so now we're kind of going to the other end of the spectrum and we're complaining that Dak Prescott maybe underthrew him and gave him a chance to make a play on the ball. Michael Gallup's got really good athleticism. He's got a good a good player at the catch point. And so when you have a player that's got one-on-one coverage um, and there's nothing else open in the middle of the field that's going to allow you to just pick up the first down on an easy pitch and catch, then you need to just throw the ball up, take advantage of your one-on-one matchup, and then just hope your receiver is able to make a play. This is what we saw Des Bryant, Tony Romo do so well uh, at the peak of their careers in 2012 to 2014. So Dak, you know, made that big play. He made several really nice throws. Was able to help drive the team down the field. But the big story really was Tony Pollard. Uh, Tony Pollard, you know, again filling in for Ezekiel Elliott had a really nice game. Um, he ran the ball really well. He was decisive. He had showed good vision. Carried the ball five times for 42 yards. That's 8.4 yards per attempt for a touchdown. Um, and that was the first score for the Dallas Cowboys in the preseason. He even had 30 yards after contact. He averaged six yards per carry after contact. And so he showed really good balance, really good vision. He was able to take on that initial contact and be able to kind of make plays after the fact. He was able to make some guys miss. Um, and I think that's a credit not only to him as a runner, uh, but also to the offensive line. And the offensive line, though it was missing Tyron Smith at left tackle and Zach uh, Martin at right guard, Cam Fleming and Xavier Suofilo filling in, they really played well. Um, and it shows the kind of depth that the Dallas Cowboys have going into 2019 on the offensive line. Um, but it also shows just how good the running game will be when you have a full complement of players in there. You know, people are going to complain that the Dallas Cowboys aren't really facing any competition right now. And that's true. They, they haven't played you know, first team defenses really uh, for much of this preseason. 
But if you also look at who's been missing for the first team offense, you don't have Ezekiel Elliott for the first two games. You haven't had Amari Cooper for the first two games. Jason Witten sat out the first preseason game. Um, and then Tyron Smith, Zach Martin sat out this preseason game against the Los Angeles Rams. Uh, and then Travis Frederick is still kind of working his way into game shape after having a year off. And so I think it's really encouraging what you're seeing from the Dallas Cowboys offensive line. Uh, through these first couple games, Dak Prescott, you know, he has, you know, they did give up a sack, but he hasn't been under a tremendous amount of pressure um, through the first couple games of the preseason. And to me, more encouragingly, is he's getting rid of the ball a little bit faster um, through the first two games of the preseason. He's getting, he's a, he's throwing his passes at about 2.42 seconds uh, per pro football focus, whereas in 2018 he averaged uh, like 2.65. Um, seconds per attempt, um, which that's a really big difference. You know, last year we talked about Dak Prescott holding on to the ball a little bit too long. Some of that was due to wide receivers not getting open. Some of that was also due to Dak Prescott sometimes not letting the ball loose um, when a player might have been open or, or it, as we saw with Michael Gallup on Saturday night, just throwing the ball and hoping a receiver can make a play. Um, too many times in, in 2018, he was holding the ball, kind of waiting, hoping something will would open up that wasn't initially initially there. But this year in 2019, so far in the preseason, he's he's making a decision, he's making his read, and he's getting rid of the ball quick. And so I think that's an encouraging sign moving forward. You know, the offensive line is going to be good, but I think also Dak Prescott is going to be getting the ball out quicker uh, than he had in maybe 2018, 2017, um, because. He's just evolving as a quarterback. He's a player that going into his fourth year, he's got 51 games under his belt. That's a ridiculous amount of experience for a player who's still developing. And so I think we're seeing really encouraging signs from Dak Prescott. You know, some of the things that we're seeing in this preseason, I think you can attribute to John Kitna's coaching, Kellen Moore's coaching a little bit. They're giving him kind of just the ability to to go and play football and, and to be aggressive and take shots. And, um, and I think that's what we're starting to see out of Dak Prescott. You know, that 31-yard completion to Michael Gallup, we might not have seen last year because he was a little bit more hesitant to take, you know, to throw the ball uh, to covered receivers, or he would have thrown it in such a way that Michael Gallup may not have had a chance to make a play on the field. One of the things that was really interesting to watch about that play is how, you know, Dak Prescott, you know, he sends the receiver, he sends Jean Vea Johnson in motion. He's able to see that it's man coverage kind of from the jump. After the snap, it's confirmed. He sees what the safeties are doing. One's dropping into deep to the deep third in coverage. The other one's stepping up to help the linebacker on Jason Witten. And, uh, and instead of waiting for something in that intermediate range to open up to just get the first down, you know, Dak Prescott, he holds the safety in the middle of the field, looking at the middle of the field. And then as soon as, you know, he knows that there's nothing open there, you know, he waits another kind of split second and then he turns to Michael Gallup and just throws the ball. You know, that hesitation to to look to Michael Gallup immediately after he recognizes there's nothing in the middle of the field is what helps hold that safety in the middle of the field. And so Michael Gallup, as he's making a contested catch, he's not having to you know, battle two defensive backs for the ball. He's only having to battle one. Um, so I think we're seeing an evolution in Dak Prescott's play here. I think a lot of that, again, is to the to the coaching. Um, you know, back to Tony Pollard, you know, he had a really good game. You know, obviously he's not Ezekiel Elliott. He's a good running back. I've, I've argued with people for months about the idea that Tony Pollard can be um, an, a legit backup running back for the Dallas Cowboys. He's a guy that you can hand the ball to five to ten times a game and get your backup running back production out of he's not just a, a scat back or a uh, you know 
a gadget back at, as you might want to call him. You know, yes, he he didn't have a lot of carries in college. He played primarily as a you know as a wide receiver. Got a lot of his touches as receptions. Um, but he is a player that's got good vision. I mean, look at his work as a kickoff returner. You don't score as many touchdowns as a return man on kickoff returns unless you have really good vision and you're able to read blocks and hit holes really quickly like he's able to do. And I think that's what you saw on Saturday night. You know, he, he's able to read his blockers really well. He's able to make a decision, put his foot in the ground and go. You know, he doesn't, you know, he, he might hesitate a little bit behind the line of scrimmage. You kind of see that at times, but I think it's... It's not him not knowing where the hole is. It's him just hesitating, waiting for a hole to open up, and then being able to hit that hole. He shows really good patience. Um, you know, the, the Dallas Cowboys are going to re-sign Zeke or sign Zeke to an extension. Um, I think that's going to be inevitable. But if for some reason it doesn't happen, I think you have to be really encouraged by what you've seen out of Tony Pollard. You know, yeah, he may not be a 2,000 total yard back like Ezekiel Elliott is, but he's a guy that could rush for a thousand yards though that's not quite what it used to be and, and maybe score a half a dozen touchdowns for you um, as a rusher you know he's gonna he's gonna have an impact as a receiver as well but you have to be really encouraged by what you've seen um, as a runner uh, and then again Michael Gallup man you know I think I really undersold just what he might be able to do this this season just because of how much the Dallas Cowboys don't throw the ball you know they're, they've always been a run-first team. They've kind of had a, a closer 50-50 run-pass balance than most teams in the NFL. Uh, and with Amari Cooper as kind of your wide receiver one, you know that doesn't leave a ton of targets for Michael Gallup to be able to you know have a big season. And so I, I've thought that you know we're going to see a better Michael Gallup this year, but it may not turn up in the production. Like you might not see more receptions, you might not see more yards or touchdowns, but you're going to see a better player. I kind of think that might not be the case. I think we might see a better season out of Michael Gallup. Now, will he have a thousand yard season if Amari Cooper's healthy and plays all 16 games? Probably not, but I don't think it's unreasonable to expect that Michael Gallup could have an 800, 900 yard season um, with half a dozen touchdowns. I've kind of grown to think that he might actually lead the team in touchdowns because of his ability to make contested catches. Um, we saw in the playoffs that Dak Prescott was ready and willing to go to him um, in the red zone. You know, he's a he's a good fade route runner. He's good at, again, as we saw on on Saturday night. He's someone who can, um, you know, go up, make a contested catch, uh, battle a wide receiver for the football. And so I think, you know, yes, Amari, Amari Cooper is going to be the wide receiver one for this team, but Michael Gallup, man, he's going to be a really strong wide receiver too. He's going to have his own 100-yard games uh, throughout the course of the season because he's going to be still beating teams deep like he's shown that he's able to do, um, getting off press coverage and separating um, and then adding this contested catch element between him and Dak Prescott and this chemistry that we're seeing them develop through practices and through the preseason. It's just going to only... Um, uh, help that that production take off quite a bit more. You know, Dak Prescott, he's going to be throwing to Amari Cooper quite a bit. He's going to throw to Jason Witten. Um, but having another reliable downfield threat like Michael Gallup's shown to be uh, throughout this offseason, this preseason, and training camp, um, it's going to be huge for the Dallas Cowboys offense. You know, not only do the defenses have to worry about Amari Cooper, not only do defenses have to worry about Jason Witten on, you know, third down and in the red zone, but now they're going to have to worry about Michael Gallup, you know, throw in the addition of Randall Cobb, throw in the addition of Ezekiel Elliott uh, whenever he comes back, 
you know, Tony Pollard also in the passing game and in the running game. And they've just got weapons uh, throughout the offense that are going to be able to take some pressure off of Dak Prescott. And I, and I think really lead to probably his best season of his career. You know, he's going to flirt with 4,000 yards, um, probably 30 total touchdowns between passing and running. Um, and it just seems everything is really coming together for the offense. Again, it's still just the preseason, but it's hard to ignore a quarterback going nine of nine uh, in his first two preseason, preseason games. You know, and not every throw has been a, you know, a dink and dunk like a lot of people would like to imagine Dak Prescott is, but he's been a he's been good so far this preseason, and you expect that. You know, he's about to get paid like a, you know, a top five quarterback. Um, and so you hope that he is continuing to make progressions in his career. And I think that's what we're beginning to see is Dak Prescott is taking his game to another level in the NFL. Um, real quickly, I want to touch on a few of the guys that, that had nice games um, that weren't part of the starters. You know, Cooper Rush continues to solidify himself as the backup quarterback. Um, he He's done everything that you've asked him. He's been efficient. Again, on Saturday night, he went 10 of 16 for a little over 80 yards. He had a touchdown, a nice throw to Devin Smith in the end zone um, on a fade route. And I think, you know, between what he's done, which has been good, that's what you want from your backup quarterback is somebody who's able to move the ball, who's able to complete, you know, 60% of his passes. That's really good for your backup quarterback. Um, and between what he's done and what Mike White hasn't been able to do, I think you're your backup quarterback position is pretty much solidified. It's Cooper Rush moving forward. And we really shouldn't be surprised by that. He's been the backup the last couple years. He's had a lot more time in an NFL system. Um, And so he's going to be the player that's probably going to be more likely to grow and continue to grow moving forward. And so, you know, yes, if Dak Prescott goes down, you might, you know, you might not have as good of a quarterback um, as you might want. Um, but there aren't very many good backup quarterbacks out there that you would feel comfortable with if your starter went down. Um, the other guy I want to touch on briefly is, uh, like I said, Devin Smith. Again, he just continues to have really nice performances in these preseason games. Um, you know, they were, there's a lot of talk about him um, in practice this week, just really um, coming on strong. Um, and, you know, after last week leading the team in, in receiving yards, he comes back this week and he has – you know, 24 yards on three catches, four targets, and he had the touchdown from Cooper Rush. Um, you know, he had. You can also throw in two first downs that he caught, and so you know he's a guy that you know just continues to really make positive strides. While someone like John Vea Johnson, who had only one catch um, and then struggled to hold on to the ball again this week. Um, you know, he's kind of fallen by the wayside, really, in the wide receiver competition. And so Devin Smith probably takes the lead with Cedric Wilson sitting out because of uh, injury. Then you have to look at Devin Smith as maybe that sixth wide receiver at this point. Um, I, I'm still kind of assuming that Noah Brown's going to be on the team once he's healthy. Um, and so Devin Smith is, is really taking that lead for the sixth wide receiver position. But that doesn't mean Cedric Wilson's not still in the competition yet. He just has to get healthy and continue to prove himself because he started coming on strong um, before last week and suffering a concussion. All right, and so we're going to take a quick break. We're going to come back and break down some of the de- defensive standouts uh, from Saturday night's game. Again, you're listening to Inside the Cowboys. I'm John Williams. We'll be right back. 
Hey, what's up, everybody? You're listening to Inside the Cowboys. Again, I'm John Williams. You can follow me on Twitter at John9Williams. Make sure you go to Facebook, search for Inside the Cowboys. You can like that page to get uh, all of the podcasts sent there. So that's where they'll be. Um, you can also go to InsideTheStar.com to read my work over there. Uh, this week, we've already touched on uh, Dak Prescott's game from Saturday night. Uh, we'll have Cowboys Nation mailbag on Tuesday. We'll see what the rest of the week holds. But yeah, thanks for coming by. I want to talk for a brief second about the defensive standouts from Saturday night's game. And that first team defense, man, they they really showed up. And still, we're missing Demarcus Lawrence. We're, we're not with Robert Quinn. We don't have Robert Quinn in the game right now. But on that first series... You had Malik Collins showing up with a tackle for loss. You had Kerry Hyder showing up for a tackle for loss on that third down screenplay that the St. Louis or the Los Angeles Rams tried to run. You had uh, Dorrance Armstrong show up with a pass breakup. Antoine Woods also showed up with a pass breakup. And then Armstrong had a, uh, a run stop. That group of players, Dorrance Armstrong in particular, he's going to probably be more likely a, a reserve player for much of the season, especially when Robert Quinn comes back. But whenever week one rolls around and you're able to roll out Dorrance Armstrong at your right defensive end, you may you know, be stepping back a level in talent from Robert Quinn to Dorrance Armstrong, but it's not going to be as huge of a drop-off as we might have expected because Dorrance Armstrong has really been playing well this season. Malik Collins is another guy who's really stood out all training camp, um, but he continues to do so in the preseason. And I think he's going to probably flirt with you know setting a career high in sacks this year. He just looks really quick off the ball, really powerful as well. And he's getting a lot of penetration into the backfield on both running plays and passing plays. Uh, Kerry Hyder, he's a guy that I've really hoped that they would put at three tech more as opposed to playing him at you know left defensive end. And with him at three tech, and some especially in some of these third down packages, I think is a really good addition because he's a quick player with a high motor. And him and Malik Collins on the inside on third down are going to create a lot of havoc uh, for interior offensive lines. You know, the defensive secondary continues to, to play really, really well. Jordan Lewis in particular has been just dynamite. He's you know making plays in the passing game. He's um, he's been a sure tackle, tackler whenever you know a player is able to make a reception. He's just been right there to, to bring him down and not allow any yards after the catch. Donovan Alumba is another guy in the secondary who just continues to make noise and is probably making a case to be the fifth cornerback on the roster at this point because he's had two really, really nice preseason games where he's had pass breakups in both games. Um, he's just been a really aggressive player playing the football in the air. Uh, and he has that length and that athleticism that Chris Richard likes on the outside. And so, you know, if for some reason Byron Jones isn't available or Jordan Lewis gets hurt or um, Chidobe Awuzie gets hurt over on the at the left cornerback spot, then Donovan Alumba can come in and give you some snaps and potentially be uh, a difference maker for you over on that side. You know, Taco Charlton um, continues to have solid games. You know, he's again he's playing against backups, um, but what you want to see out of that guy is for him to to win some of his matchups. And yes, we've kind of dulled down some of the expectations for him at this point. Um, but you kind of have to because he hasn't really done much through the first couple of years of his career. And so you know, the expectation is that he would be able to make the roster. But with the play of Dorrance Armstrong and Joe Jackson, uh, Jalen Jelks is actually starting to come on strong a little bit that Taco Charlton, you know, he may find his roster spot in jeopardy if he's not able to take advantage of these next two preseason games. In addition to to the other defensive backs that I mentioned, I think, you know, Kayvon Frazier continues to show up and have really nice games. He had a nice um, pursuit and tackle for loss on a play. 
you know, he's he's been a solid contributor for his career for his three years in, in the NFL. Um, they really like him on special teams, and so I think he's going to be a guy that sticks around as a depth safety option because he can come in and play play the run, play in the box if you need him to. Um, he's obviously pretty good in space because he is able to be effective on special teams. Um, you don't necessarily want him playing you know the deep middle of the field, but you know in situations where you want you need a run stop, you know he could be your guy to come play come play a rundown. You know and I, and what we're seeing out of say the defensive line, the defensive backs. I think that's just a credit to just how good uh, the coaching staff is on the defensive side of the ball. It might be one of the best defensive staffs in the NFL between Rod Marinelli, Ben Bloom at linebacker, and Chris Richard as the defensive backs coach. They just really have these guys working and playing really, really well. Another interesting note was that, again, they had Leighton Vander Esch starting as the strong side linebacker uh, when they were in their base 4-3 set. Um, with Jalen Smith in the middle, and then Joe Thomas was playing the weak side linebacker spot. And I think that's a really nice nice lineup um, if they're able to keep Leighton Vander Esch kind of playing more off the ball as opposed to as an online uh, defender um, because he's just better in space. And so um, if they run that 4-3 defense as their base, they do have Leighton Vander Esch playing kind of off ball strong side linebacker, then I think you're going to see similar production to what you saw um, as he played the weak side. Um, but it seems like that they're really moving forward with that because they're continuing to to deploy, you know, Joe Thomas as the weak side linebacker as opposed to Leighton Vander Esch. And so it'll be interesting to to see, you know, what what happens in the future when Sean Lee comes back, if they're going to keep Leighton Vander Esch as the strong side linebacker, or if they're going to move him back to weak, uh, so that Sean Lee can play the strong side linebacker. Now, in nickel packages, obviously, it's, it's Jalen Smith and Leighton Vander Esch, and those two continue to be a force. Uh, they just play with a lot of speed and a lot of aggression. Yeah, and that'll do it for today. I think, you know, moving forward, we're going to see a little bit more out of the, the first team offense and defense in the third preseason game this week. The coaching staff and the front office are going to have a lot of really interesting decisions to make. Um, we'll probably do a, a 53-man roster kind of project to give you an idea of how difficult that decision is going to be. You know, they're going to have decisions to make on how many they keep at, you know, defensive line, how many they keep at offensive line. You know, are they able to go long at cornerback or safety? Um, wide receiver probably seems pretty set in stone at six. I doubt that they take seven uh, into the week one. You know, they're probably only going to carry two quarterbacks because Mike White really hasn't shown you enough to be willing to carry him on the active roster um, when you have so many other needs. And I, I think Mike White, I'd have to check, but I think Mike White will have some practice squad eligibility because he hasn't um, played in a game um, in the regular season. And so, yeah, that'll do it for this week's Inside the Cowboys. Again, thanks for stopping by. <laughs>